Welcome to the Biohacker's Guide for Women Only. You are listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Woman. I am Jessica Fernandez-Cruz. And I am Yen B. Trung. Life extension, longevity, biotech, digital health technology, and prevention are all the fields of health that we've been working in for over 15 years. We've worked alongside world-renowned physicians, Nobel laureates, experts, and top biohackers. We were at the forefront of a lot of the science that is being used today for biohacking. Our mission is to bring to you all this knowledge and information and create a biohacking community for women. Join us today on our journey into biohacking our bodies. Are you ready? Let's do this. So um, in Wadham's Pond, he talks about how men work all day to make this amount of money so he could buy things to show it to other people. And then he puts himself through this, this process for other people. And so he's basically this, um, I wouldn't say nomad, but he's just this loner that's just, you know, lives next to this pond and, and people think he's crazy. But he's the most sane person because he's enlightened. Basically, he's he's just pr- he's as present as you can be. Yes, he's free, and he the way he looks at the world and civilization, he thinks they're crazy because of what they're putting themselves through, the suffering, so that they could present themselves in a certain manner. And that's why um, that it's a great book. It's one of the top books in, during the like transcendental age. I love it. I'm gonna look for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get started. Yummy. I love this, this spontaneous intro. Welcome, everybody. Here we are again. And today we're talking about enlightenment. <laughs> Why not? Let's talk about a little bit about spirituality. I think it's a great subject. And this definitely what you just said. There's a lot to stop and say, okay, wait a minute. Let's stop there. Because <laughs> there's so much in that about who's the crazy person here, right? Who's the black sheep? Yeah. Enlightenment. The word is awaken, nirvana, right? There's in different cultures, there's there's this, this phrase where you wake up. But what is that wake up moment? You know, is it a breakthrough? Is it mini breakthroughs? Or is it just, what are you waking up from? And we've read a lot of, I've read a lot of spirituality books, right? And from different cultures and, and even independent of religion. And that's, I trend, tend to gravitate towards the, the books that are independent of religion. Although my parents gave me a lot of Buddhist books, right, that I've read, but what is that awaken and enlighten? And then I said to myself one time, when, when I started this, this uh, journey, I want to be enlightened before I die. <laughs> what, what is that? Because I, I read in the Zen, the, the Zen um, spirituality and the Zen meditation books where it's almost like, a flip of a coin you just know when it happened and i don't know i know it hasn't happened just because i don't i haven't had that moment where it's a flip of a coin but sometimes i feel like like a, there's like realizations throughout you know my life cycle right now i love it i do think that for me for example when i think of this it takes me to noise and silence and i would like really think that whenever because we live in a world where there's so much noise and I, I really mean noise in an annoying way, 
because whatever you're doing, there's always an interruption, whether it's your own mind interrupting you or it's really somebody or something interrupting you from whatever it is that you're doing. And I feel that when you when you can live in silence, no matter how much noise there is, for me, that's a way of of being awakened. Like you're no longer a slave of what's happening, but more of an there's a presence. I don't know how to explain it because of course I don't think I'm awakened, but I I do think that it's somewhere there when that silence is just this this place of yeah, where you there's you don't need anything else, where that's it, you know, that's it. And at least that's from what you read and, and when you understand uh, people who express that they've ex- felt that or, or lived that experience. It's like you slow down, there's silence, there's awareness. I think because we were just talking right before about a book that I was reading where this woman is living in the middle of nowhere, 25 kilometers from a town and really by herself. And how she notices when she goes into the town, how much noise there is and how much activity, but nobody's paying attention to anything. And I would definitely think that where we put our attention is interesting and the way we put our attention onto things, right? To question that, right? Like where is our attention and how does our attention shift every minute and what makes it shift and Who's in control of that attention? Am I in control or is somebody else in control of this attention sometimes? Have you ever had the experience where maybe this is just very constant for you? Because um, I remember when I, I I practiced meditation very deeply to the point where I was doing it like, you know, an hour and a half to two hours a day, right? This is when I really go very deeply. Into, you know, I go full speed ahead when I do things. And um where you get to a point where it's quiet and there is no movement of the mind. Like you're not thinking about anything. There is no judging of situations, the day, the previous, the past, even the present. You're not judging like you sitting there or that it's quiet or it's just there. It's just a space, right? Have you ever gotten to that point? Well, I don't know if I've found that complete silence to that level. I wish. It sounds so delicious when you (laughs) explain it. It is. I've gotten to that space. I love it. I love it. But I definitely have come to a space where I can hear the judgment and not feel anything. Like sometimes when that judgment comes in your thoughts, then you have this feeling, this emotion showing up or anything and being able to observe the thought without it affecting you has I don't obviously am I'm, I've not been able to do that daily in every moment but I do get there sometimes and it helps me a lot to you know then go out into the world and realize that this is how the world works there's a lot of judgment a lot of emotions that's really what the things are that strike us the most in our daily lives and also create a lot of stress in our lives but if listen to that without connecting with it immediately, like really giving yourself a moment of awareness in the middle, then it's this, this little distance with that. It's like from a place of peace where again, you choose where you want to put your attention. So you can see the trigger before it's triggering you somehow. For me, that is already a great thing to be able to do if you can do that as much as possible. When when I started learning about meditation, one of the books I read was that you live in the space between your thoughts, 
right? And no matter how fast your thoughts are, right, from one thought to another thought, there's this little gap in space, that gap of space, and you try to expand that gap. That's the space that you live in when you meditate or when you're present is that there, you know, and so because I'm a very visual person, I needed that, that almost context in order to say, I get it. I get it as opposed to, oh, you got to clear your mind, right? Because when you say I, you have to clear your mind or not think about anything, it's very abstract almost to try to like understand because our brains, when we process information, we, we need models of information. Like we need a model, something in a box for us to understand what, what something is. So that's why when, when I read that explanation, I was like, oh, I get it now. But if somebody told me, you know, you just need to sit down and clear your mind, I'm like, how do I do that? How do you just clear your mind? You know, your mind is there for a reason to think about things, right? And my dad actually, my my dad explained to me how meditation works. And now we're back to meditation because I think that's that's the path to awakeness because it's you're quieting the mind. Is that imagine, yeah, like a cylinder of of like just dirt and feathers and just dust and stuff like that and you shake it up and it's just all floating around you see it all floating around you just gotta let it sit and then it starts to settle down to the bottom and now you have clear water right and there's just clarity and when my dad explained that to me as well i was like oh that makes so much sense of how the mind works because you have all this clutter floating around in this water and you're just imagining your brain being that water and when you sit and you just let it settle then you have this clarity which is you know was great explanation to my dad that is that is and it's so visual like you can really see what what it represents yeah I wanted to share another idea to get people close to the that concept of that silence that we're looking for but maybe more physical one yours was a very visual one if you do like a silent meditation where you're trying to observe your breath work so you see how your inhale how your air comes in And then for a moment, there's apnea, you stop breathing, and then you exhale. And then there's another moment of apnea where you stop breathing. And those moments of complete silence, those moments where nothing is happening, where you're not breathing, that is what you're looking for. That silence, that moment where you can just really feel your, because you can hear your breath, right? When you inhale and then exhale. And the silence comes back. And if you get used to those moments of silence, really what we're trying to find out is what are those moments of silence in your day, what you were just saying, uh, which I thought was very nicely put, like that is the silence that we're looking for, that moment where nothing is happening and it's the beginning of something else, but it's there, it's always there and you can grasp it and feel it and also catch that strength from it. I think it's also, for me, the representation of that silence is the lesson for me is you don't need to be at your maximum strength, pushing yourself and struggling. Actually, the slower things are going, the more silent they are, the better they might be working. That for me is one of the, the lessons that I get from this meditation process where you can really see because it gives you that, that observer perspective where you can really appreciate what's going really fast and how that's going way too fast. And then suddenly see how that slower process is really building something solid that is creating itself slowly into a reality that will come later on, right? But there's no stress in it. There's no fatigue. There's no sense of 
it's may, may not happen. It may not happen. That idea probably, I think an awakened person doesn't look so much at that. Have you ever had almost a, a detachment from your body? It felt like you were out of, almost like an out of body experience. Here comes the freaky conversation, everybody. <laughs> Here we go. We're going next level today. So please join us. If you've ever had that experience, we want to hear it on our Facebook group, The Art of Becoming Wonder Woman. Please join that group and let us know. <laughs> we want to know it all. Do you hear stories about how people are looking at themselves, especially when they're like doing psychedelics, for example, or when they are meditating and then and during that period, somehow they separate themselves from their body and they're looking at themselves. Like I've read so many books on this. I haven't done drugs. I haven't done psychedelics, any of that. So I've just had my meditation experience, basically. The highs I get are from meditation and maybe alcohol. <laughs> but it, I, I don't know if that's almost like an, an awakened, enlightened experience as well, right? Where where it's a feeling and not so much a physical act where you're looking at yourself because your your eyeballs are right here. And so your essence is out of your body and you're, you're feeling your essence outside of your body, right? And so that's why like, have you, because I've had a couple of those experiences where I, you feel, you, like, it's, it's, you can't explain it because that's, that's, that's why, like, so many people who write spirituality books on enlightenment and awakens, they can't explain it. They explain it as best as that they can to almost like a beautiful feeling of, of nothing else matters after you, you awake because you just have some type of realization that nothing else matters, right? Because, because you realize that this world, like you're, you're just a continuation in this world. Like you never, you're just like the body, the physicality is, is what dies and, and births, but your essence is always here. Like the energy and whatnot. Yeah. Your soul is always here. Right. And that's why I, I try to separate this type of conversation from like religion because religions have various perspectives on, on it. Right. But when you look at the soul, that's how I look at it, regardless of what culturally, what we put on spirituality, right? Because religion comes very much from a culture itself. And so when, when I try to describe what that experience is, it's, it could be like, I remember very, very, very young looking in the mirror and thinking to myself, like looking at my face and looking at even my, you know, because I get these flashbacks every now and then of different periods of my life is even as a baby and looking at my face and knowing that like who is this person <laughs> you know what I mean like not not like a loss but like like I was in a different like like this was a new experience and like I didn't recognize what you know that I was looking at a shell that's all I could how I could describe myself when I was very young like at 12 or something looking in the mirror and thinking like my face was a shell almost. And, and I was thinking outside of just my, my physicality itself. And I've never had this conversation with anybody other than this podcast all of a sudden, but <laughs> you're just telling everybody right now. <laughs> I mean, like, everybody can think I'm crazy. Guys, but welcome my... to Yemvi's inner world. This is the real Yemvi now. <laughs> you know, forget all the biohacking crap that we talk about. No, no, this is the real Yemvi. <laughs> because you know this is how beautiful life is your work 
is about the body. You work, you have a company that works a lot on improving your body's shape and the physical body. But in reality, you don't care about your body at all. (laughs) (laughs) I love my body. I love my body. I just know that. But then if you, once you get deeper and you realize that the body, the physical body is, is a vessel that you can almost control at every level. Right. And it's, it's all in the, in this essence of a mind, even the brain is some, is a vessel that you control. And once you, once you realize that you're, you're in this vessel and it's like a tank that you're just driving around and making decisions of which path you're taking, you know, that's, that's really all it is. Right. And so when you, one of my favorite affirmations that, that I learned from Oprah is I am the master of my life. I am the captain of my soul. That speaks to, at every level to this conversation right? because this, this this body is a vessel and you're just maneuvering it out and you're, you're the captain of this, this vessel, you know? And that's how I think about the physical body. And that's why I love biohacking because it allows me to think about this tank and this vessel and what I can do with this vessel. And taking it to an exponential level, right? Without transcending into something... Well, no, I think there's there's a point here to be made that is beautiful, actually, because we talk a lot about loving your body, about exercising, about how you, you find your food, whatever it is that you choose to give your body. But we always talk about that loving perspective. And I think that what you put just explained is very, for me, the description why you should look at your body loving your body because it is thanks to your body that you can take that soul into a life into a connection with the world with other people i do think that we don't realize how much this body gives us to connect with that and i feel for me one of the the greatest life lessons has been going inside and learning a little bit more about my inner world my spirituality connecting from those two levels the soul and the body and really feeling it, I've probably not been able to see myself really from the outside, but definitely feel that there's there's me and then there's the I that is observing me. I, I can feel that. I really can. And when I do that, I do realize how lucky I am to have a body that works, that is like fully active, that is here for me all the time. And sometimes I just stop to make, here's crazy person talking again. <laughs> This is the crazy show today. So let's just talk about whatever <laughs> comes out. But the one thing I like to do sometimes is just to stop for a moment. And sometimes I do that, especially when I'm very stressed and I just look at my hands and I try to bring gratitude to my hands because I don't realize throughout the day how much I use my hands, how much my hands mean to me, but I just take it for granted. And then for a moment, I just look at it and then it feels this, for me, it's a very, very spiritual connection that I create there because it looks, it's like magic. It's like, how is it possible that I have these five fingers that are able to just grab things and do things? And I don't know if we, if we realize how beautiful. (laughs) Because I look at my hands too, and I'm like, look at these hands. (laughs) Look at mine. (laughs) I look at my hands and that's, that's how I always know that when I look at my hands, I always look at the back of my hands. You look at your palms, but I look at the back, and it brings me almost to a present moment. I don't know what it is, and I, I've only have I told you that before that I look at my hands. 
It's the first time I'm hearing this. No, I swear to God. Okay, here's crazy, crazy thought again. But you and I have said this before, but we can share it with everybody. But I have a feeling that for some reason, you and I have connected in this world. And there's like a very funny connection between us because there are so many things that we have in common without knowing it. Yes, from across the ocean, you know, in different countries. And different realities, different cultures. Like there's, and still there are things that you and I are so connected with. And I think like this, we have to have met in another life. Like I really believe that. <laughs> I, I believe, and um, there was a, uh, I read so many books that I don't even know where I get information from anymore. And so <laughs> there was a book that I read on, how your souls always gra- travel together and that the people that you're with now are the same people that you, you know, the same souls that you were with in previous lives as well. And you have the same, you have this connected experience and then you, you find each other. Right. And that's so warming. So it's such a warm feeling for me. And I told some of my friends and they're like, God, I hope that's the truth because we have so much fun with, you know, when you're very purposeful of who you spend time with that you really, really love and enjoy, you know, you get so much joy out of and you connect with. That's one of, and I'm going to ask you after this is if you're, you're fearful of death because I'm not, because I know that if, if you and I in a hundred years from now have another podcast, (laughs) it'll be something else by then. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, that's, I read about this, about how your souls are always traveling together. I love that idea. I love it. I was at an investment lunch once. Don't tell me. She walked in and you said, our souls travel together. Something like that to this older gentleman who believed in reincarnation and I said maybe our souls travel together and then he just looked he's like huh reincarnation I didn't talk about so you have to be very careful with these conversations because it can get creepy for people who are not used to it and they'll be like I know I know I know but I I stopped caring that's good (laughs) see but that's that's what I say about the black sheep you know, like we think that the black sheep is that one that doesn't care who does their thing and goes their their way. And I think it's interesting too, to talk about, you know, the things that we transcend from our families and how that has an influence in your awakening process as well, because you stop being, I don't know if this is the right word, but to use the word slave, you're, you're sort of a little bit of a slave of the patterns and the way your family has been living. And the moment you give yourself the opportunity to break through that, to just open up to new patterns, to new ways of being, you see this very well, for example, in ways of loving. The way people love is normally the way they've learned at home from a pattern that they've seen. But then you have the healthy way of loving and not that many people are open to the idea of, I can love differently. I just need to learn, but I can love differently. And then they feel that how healthy it feels, how good it feels, and how easy it feels to love. And I think that it has to do, I always go back to love, but for me, it's the way of connecting from a place of love where there's not that tension all the time, where that tension sort of starts disappearing. And what you just said, like those souls that travel together, for me are those people where I connect with from that place of love where it's just so easy to connect, right? Yeah. And that the the pureness of love, like, just having the 
how to explain the pureness of love because like you said your your upbringing right from how your parents showed you what love is and maybe my mom showed me love because she fed me every day right or my dad showed me love because he put a lot of pressure on me to succeed right but those are so again you know the pureness of the love that feeling itself is like it has nothing to do with any of that. You can love a stranger and it has none, none of that, the pressure of success, the, you know, the feeding and all that, like that the physical act of doing something to show love is, is, doesn't need to be there. It's, there's just some type of feeling that you have that you're connected and it's just pure. And that's the hard part is, having that feeling and, and knowing that that's what love is as opposed to, you know, like if I, if my mom told me she loved me, it's because she kept me alive and paid for, like made me food and an abundance of food. And that's how she quote unquote showed love. Right. And I know she loves me because, but that's how she showed love. But the once it, once you feel the pureness of it, it's like none of that is necessary, right. You can sit next to each other and that's all you need. That's all you need. And I think that love, I mean, it transcends all these these human acts to something deeper that happens so spontaneously. I have a story from that it just happened here in Spain recently because we have a lot of immigrants coming in from Africa and they come through Morocco and they arrive at the south southern part of Spain um, and they have to do like a boat trip that is very dangerous. A lot of them die in the way up. There was this this um, Senegalese immigrant that came in and a woman from the Red Cross helped him get out of the boat and grabbed him so that he could come to the piece, to part where there was land. And he broke down into tears and then she just gave him a hug. And as she was hugging him, he was crying even more. And you could, like this, for me, this is the, what, the concept that they use a lot in, in mindfulness was the shared humanity. This is it. Like at a moment like that, nothing else really matters. There's a, just this this deep connection where you're just there for the other person, and it's it's love right there. That's it. There, it's not about anything else. And I think that's what pure um, awakening on enlightenment is. It's just love. And if you look at Ram Das, for example, right? It's that's all there is. Is and I think we've just kind of touched on that when we talk about enlightenment and awaken is that that purity of love and not having to need or show where it, that at a, such a level where it's for everybody, it's not for some people, right? It's for everybody that that person doesn't have to do something in order for you to love them. Right? Because you just look at that person that and you have love for that person. And that's, that's awakened. That's what they, and that's, that's actually a, in a lot of books, what they describe as awakened and enlightenment is, is that there is only love. And that's what that energy is. That clean energy is just a, a pureness, almost like a transcendence is the, the love energy. Definitely. And you think of it, if you think that everybody around you would live with that energy, it would be such a great environment because you wouldn't care so much about things that we've put in our society that are very, very. You wouldn't have any clothes to cover. <laughs> like there would be no judgment, <laughs> and there will be no judgment on that because I feel, especially for women, and since we do this podcast focused on women, that there are so many things from that system that we belong to that 
create a toxicity in our inner voice that is already the beginning of a no love journey. You know, there's no way I can love myself. If the first thing I'm questioning is how I look and I don't like it enough and it's not good enough. And then this is the thing that, you know, we, we keep getting all the marketing towards that. And I say, yes, you, you want to look healthy. You want to love yourself and you'll look great. Why do we have to focus on this idea that if you're not young enough, if you're not skinny enough, if you're not, and it's already that, that inner way of looking at yourself where it creates a competition between women as well. And that shared humanity that we just tapped into disappears and melts away. It's not there. And I would think, how can we bring that back? How can we push that energy? You have a company that is a skincare company that I think has the totally different approach. This is the love approach towards taking care of yourself, right? And it steps away completely from the stress and this idea of get this cream because this is the one that's going to make you look right. There's no right or wrong in this concept, right? Exactly. To be accepted or, you know, to to feel like you're not enough right now, right? And so that's, um, I don't know, that's all cultural stuff and all the ego in the mind. It's, it's the imperfectness of, of this vessel that we're in. <laughs> I love it. This is getting more and more spiritual by the minute, you guys. Are you still with us or are you floating in the second cloud by now? <laughs> I don't know if we're going to publish this one. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, yes, we are. This is who we are. And we want the people to join us. And we want every opinion there because we haven't tapped in onto Abraham Hicks. <laughs> You have to tell the story. You have to tell the story about Abraham Hicks, please. Cares? Yes. So Yemvi and I, of course, Yemvi lives in, in Florida and I live in Spain. And we don't get a chance to see each other that often. And she has a trip to Paris with a very good friend of hers. And um, she says, oh, I'm going to be in Paris in a couple of weeks. Can we meet? And I'm like, oh, we sure can. <laughs> So there I am. I grab a plane as soon as I can. And we met in Paris. And we were staying at this lovely apartment in Montmartre, which is like the artistic area of Paris. The cute, like the typical from a movie. <laughs> you know, the wood cracked when you walked in, the wood would crack. And you had that smell of the house. And you, you would go get the baguette in the morning for breakfast and the cheese. It was fantastic. The place was gorgeous. So Yemi and I always have very simple conversations when we're together, as you can imagine. <laughs> and I don't know how we got into this transcendent conversation about Abraham Hicks. How did this happen? I don't remember that. I think I, because you weren't exposed to Abraham Hicks. No, I didn't know it at all. Yeah. And so I started and I was exposed to Abraham my a very long time ago. Somebody mentioned it to me. And I didn't understand it until, until my coach at that time said, have you ever heard of Abraham Hicks? And so I always do what my coach tells me because I'm like, why not? So I, I, I started listening. I, I downloaded a, an audio book on Abraham's. I forgot one, which book it was. And then I read it and I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And then so, of course, what I did was I read and, and listened to every book that they made Right. And then I went even deeper into what they call the Seth books, which was like how Abraham Hicks came about was because Jerry and found a book on the Seth books. And so anyways, I don't want to get too deep into it, but 
when we were in the middle of the night, wasn't this like after we had like been out all night too, like at four o'clock in the morning, we start talking. To you. We were finding your purpose that night. You remember? <laughs> I had just come back from a date with destiny event. So I had this whole structure on how you create your purpose. And I remember sitting, we were, we've stopped in every single restaurant. Like here we are talking about healthy food and stuff, but there we are in Paris. We first start with a cheese platter. Then we go and drink a lot of wine. Then we get our pasta. I don't know. We ate nonstop. Every time we went for a glass of wine, we ate something. And then in that conversation that started with the whole purpose, trying to find our purpose and stuff. Then we got deeper and deeper into the more spiritual part. And I think that's when you started telling me about the Abraham Hicks. So it's three o'clock in the morning. We're walking through Paris. <laughs> and here is Yemi telling me about a guy that is actually a voice that goes into this man. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you, it's very hard to explain, right? Unless you're, you, you start investigating into it. But it's a conscience, right? It's a group of conscience that you can say the word is possessed, but enters through the, the physicality of Esther and then speaks through Esther and explains what life is about and, you know, what this earth is about and what love is and how you should be on this earth. And it's a conscience that's speaking through Esther. Right. So as you can listen, I mean, this is a very normal conversation. Very scared. Very daily conversation. You know, this joy, this conscious that is trapped in Esther. And she's responding to questions because also she just, she'll talk to an audience and people ask questions. And it's then Abraham who's responding through Esther, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So there we are at three o'clock in the morning. I'm listening to this. I'm very uh, curious about it, but obviously I go to sleep. I have my own room there. And I remember there was this beautiful library right next to my bed. And I had like a glass table in front. And all I thought, like, there's a book that's going to fall into this table. And that's going to be Abraham coming tonight. So I just was like, yeah, we don't leave me alone here. Abraham is coming. <laughs> this was before you started learning more about spirituality, right? Because it was more, you were very like cognitive. Yeah, for sure. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's that was my my experience to it with with through Abraham as well. I loved it. I mean, I have to say that probably listening to those audios because I was going at that time I was going through that breakup that was hard on me and I was having a very hard time connecting with myself there. Those audios from Abraham Hicks helped me a lot. So guys, if you want to get started into some spiritual craziness with us go and find out things about abraham hicks you'll love it because it's also the secret right the secret is also to do with that it's the idea of the law of attraction exactly exactly if you ever listen to the secret then this would be and you believe in the secret then this is up your alley it's a little deeper but this is where the secrets it's more the secret is a little bit more watered down for the general audience i would say right but yeah. And so if you go into Abraham, you start listening to like Esther Hicks and Jerry Hicks and their conversation and how they got started and just listen to it without judging that because that's, that's the whole key is don't judge. Yeah. Just take from it, whatever works for you and then whatever doesn't just leave it there. But there are great things there that definitely help you at least open up to different points of view, different ways of doing, living your experience, especially if you're going through rough times. It is great it really is i mean over over the years 
I don't think like knowing who I was to who I am today, I don't think that if I had gone through the experiences that I've gone through over the past number of years without the, even that the, the touch of awareness and awakeness that I've had right through my, my journey of, of growth, I don't know where I would be. Like, I don't think I would have been able to handle it the same way that, you know, as beautifully as, as I've handled it. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more that I could grow from and learn from and develop and everything, but I come from a beautiful place, right? And I can be grateful and appreciative and learn from like anything that's a disaster or chaotic or whatever it is, there's, there's some type of beauty to it that I can look for from it right whereas before it's just the end of the world the sky is falling i'm reactive i'm stressed i'm you know blowing up right it's just a different it's a different space it gives you the opportunity to experience life and i say that because as i was saying in the beginning we let life live through us instead of we experiencing life really and you have to go through that break where you say okay what do I need to know, look at differently to be open to that and to feel that peace of mind that actually you get out of it? So we'll talk about that. Yemvi, it's time to go. This was a great conversation. I want to keep going for hours. How long did we talk in Paris? Like, oh my God, like six hours? <laughs> no way. It was like triple that, I feel like. Well, no, and talk about that night, but we, t- yeah, no, definitely more. It was probably 12, 12 hours. Do you want to keep going for 12 hours? Guys, do you want to keep listening for 12 hours? <laughs> no, I'm just saying because we can, because when you were in Miami, we went for dinner. Yes. We had another eight hour conversation. <laughs> yes. And that's, this, this has only been 40 minutes. We can still go. Oh, we can definitely go. But uh, guys, share it with us. Let us know if you like this subject. We'll love to do more podcasts on this. So find our Facebook page, The Art of Becoming Wonder Women. And basically, keep it quiet. Connect with yourself. Find that inner love. Find your soul. <laughs> your, your, what is it? What is it called? Your soul, your traveler, friend? What is that called? I don't know. You know, we, we didn't touch on the word soulmate, right? And it could be that. And so people always think about soulmate as the opposite sex, the person, yeah, the partner. But it's, I think like we have soulmates in all the people that we travel with, right? All the spirits that we travel with. And those are all our soulmates. Well, I like that to, to close the day today. Find your soulmate. Do you know who that is? Find it. It's right there. I I say plural. (laughs) Plural. Find your soulmates. Have a good time and let us know how you're feeling. Thank you, Yemvi. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you too. You've been listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Women, the podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community. If you haven't yet, join our private Facebook page and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another Wonder Women conversation. Our podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any question you may have regarding a medical condition.